Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Offering, give somebody a hug. Make some lunch plans as you find your seat. Grab your Bible. You can open to the Gospel of Luke chapter 9 as we continue in our Luke message series. I thank you guys who were praying for me. Uh, this week, as my wife and I were uh, traveling to Texas to see some old friends and some new friends, had a great time, encountered the Lord, which I enjoy. How about you? It's funny, we were in, um, we were in Texas, and uh, 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 Silas and Lily, they, they had lived in Texas, uh, and um, didn't they do a great job this morning? Weren't you so encouraged? I was so encouraged. Great job, great job. Um, so it's funny, because the, the first uh, night when we got to Texas... Uh, we went out to eat. We were looking for a restaurant, and uh, we were in the Fort Worth area, and virtually every single restaurant is either Mexican food, which is Tex-Mex, which isn't real Mexican food, uh, Mexican food, uh, or a steakhouse, right? Like, so everything was either a steakhouse, and I'd eat steak every meal. I'm good with that. I'm, I'm personally okay with that. My wife, not as excited, but I'm good with that. Uh, and um, so we go to this uh, kind of a nice steakhouse near our, near our hotel room, and, uh, you know, there's the, the, the parking lot. It's filled with trucks, right? And uh, there was people with massive mustaches and cowboy boots and cowboy hats, just like the stereotype. Like whatever you would stereotype Texas, Texas says amen, right? Like it was, it was exactly like that. There was country music playing. And if I'm ever listening to country music, it's not on purpose, right? It's because somebody else is playing it. I can't remember a time in my life, and my daughter can, uh, and my wife can possibly uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't remember a single time in my life that I've played country music on purpose. But while I was in Texas, nothing against it, it's, you know, just not good. Um, it, it just, um, um, just, just, what, um, why, why, I, don't even like, I don't even like worship music that sounds like country music. I, I just, you know, uh, and, and so, uh, so my, wife, my wife was even less excited than I was. And I had to say to myself, I, I said to her, listen, you know, like, there was a dude who came into the restaurant, and his belt buckle, I, I, it might have been a satellite dish. He might have been getting, like, he might have been getting, like, dish TV on his phone using his belt buckle to catch the satellite signal. It was that big. And my wife was like, what, what is happening? I said, listen. We're in Texas. What you have to do is, like when we go to Nicaragua or we go to Mexico or Trinidad or Brazil or all the places that we've gone uh, on mission trips, you, you have to like say, okay, this is not my culture. It's different here and it's no better or worse than my culture, but it is different, right? And so I, I have to recognize like we are in a different kingdom. We're in the kingdom of Texas, right? We, 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 we can't we can't judge it. It's just different. And by the grace of God, I, I wasn't born here. But, um, but had I been born here, I might have the biggest belt buckle of them all. I don't know, because that's kind of how I ride. I might not just have cowboy boots. I may have spurs, even though I don't ride a horse. I don't know. Like, like this is, you know, like, because that, you're a product you're a product of where you were raised. You're a product of where you were born. And we, we, we're a product of, of the environment that we were raised in. Uh, but but, but, there's, but there's, a, there's, a, there's a challenge in that because we're also products of another kingdom, right? We're products of two kingdoms. And, there's, and there's, a, there's, a, there's an inherent challenge in that. There's an inherent conflict in that. When we study history... Um, if you're taking any kind of history class in college or, or, or high school, uh, here, here's the key to almost all history. History is the conflict of different kingdoms, the rise of one kingdom, the downfall of another kingdom. It's their rise and fall. There's, there's these physical kingdoms, and as one becomes more powerful, it displaces the power of another one. And kingdoms don't want to lose their power, so there's, there's a fight there between them. Now, there's physical kingdoms on the earth that we know as nation states and, and uh, different, different power brokers at play today. But there are also spiritual kingdoms that are at war. And we made war with one of them today in worship. Can you say amen? Yeah, yeah we, we did some war with them this morning. And Jesus came and he commissioned us to live from a new kingdom 
according to his kingdom's values. We were, we were commissioned by Jesus to do something different than what we had done before. Right now, on the border of Russia and Ukraine, uh, Ukraine is concerned because there are 100,000 Russian troops sitting on the border waiting to invade Ukraine again. I have personal friends who lost their church in Ukraine uh, to the Russians coming in, and they actually took over part of Ukraine a few years ago, and they forced all the churches, all the Pentecostal churches, all the um, non-denomination or evangelical churches, they forced them all to close and become Russian Orthodox churches because they want that part that they took over to look like their kingdom. And so by force, they are changing the culture of that part of Ukraine to look like their kingdom. And, and this, is, this is how kingdoms work. And Jesus was a threat to the kingdom of Rome. When he walked to the earth, he was a threat to the kingdom of Rome and the kingdom of the Pharisees and the kingdom of the Sadducees and the ones that they had built for themselves on top of God's word. Jesus came along and he was a threat to those kingdoms and they knew it. Uh, he lived within those physical kingdoms on earth, but he managed to stay completely focused on the mission to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. Now, this is, this is special. This is, this is unique because um, we have a challenge with that. And it's important that as we read the word of God, that we get insight. How was Jesus able to live under these kingdoms of the earth, yet never waver in his allegiance to the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God? You know, Jesus was pulled in a thousand directions. There was always needs around him. There were always people who needed to be healed. There was always people who needed the good news. There were always people who needed to know the real God. There were always people who needed to know, listen, this oppression that you're living under is not God's plan for your life. There was, there was never a shortage of needs around Jesus. But he was able to stay focused on the kingdom that he represented. He said, if anybody wants to follow after me, he must pick up his cross daily and follow me. And here, here's the question that we have to answer. How do we stay focused on the kingdom and our call to be Christians in this world? How do we stay focused on the kingdom and our call to be Christians in this world? And we're going to dig into the word of God today and kind of kind of see what, what, what the Bible has to teach us about this. Because I believe that the Word of God is alive and has something to teach us. Amen? Let me show you in the Scripture today how, how, how we fix this tension that we have. If you're in Luke chapter 9, uh, we're going to start in verse 28. And, uh, you know, as we're working our way through the book of Luke, I told you at times we were going to run through and at times we were going to slow down. And uh, here in Luke chapter 9, we have really slowed down, right? And so right now we're, 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 we're talking about a story that we talked about several times, but I want you to focus and let it be new to you today, okay? Okay? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to focus today, amen? Yeah, see, I'm, I'm insecure. I need the feedback. I need you to be involved in what's happening, all right? Verse 28, Luke chapter 9, I'm reading out of the New American Standard. It says, some eight days after these sayings, Jesus took along Peter John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, clothing, excuse me, the appearance of his face became different and his clothing became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him and they were Moses and Elijah who appearing in glory were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, Peter and his companions had been overcome with sleep, but when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. Verse 33. And as these were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Not realizing what he was saying. While he was saying this, a cloud formed and began to overshadow them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Then a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. So we see Jesus time and again 
in Scripture went away and got on the mountain to pray. This time, he took three guys with him. He took Peter, John, and James. And, and, and though he went on the mountain to pray all the time, uh, you know, this was a little different because he brought some disciples. But it's important to understand that Jesus went up on the mountain to be alone with God as part of his cycle of life. This was part of his cycle of life. My wife, after I got married, she has trained me. My, I eat lunch the same time every day. I eat dinner the same time every day. And my body has now been trained to expect food at certain times of the day. Now, when I was single, you know, I may or may not eat. Anybody, any single guys know what I'm talking about? You may not eat. You may, you may eat late at night. You may eat in the middle of the night. You might, you might have like just snacks throughout the day. But when you get married, somehow my wife decided that we're going to eat at mealtimes. And uh, she actually facilitated that because she does most of the cooking. <clears throat> Praise God, because I don't cook at all because I wouldn't eat. And so, so my body at a certain time, <clears throat> it says, hey, guess what? It's time to eat. Now, part of Jesus' daily cycle was prayer. And his spirit would cry out regularly, hey, it's time to be alone with the Father. And he would go to the mountain and he would pray. Now, <clears throat> the, Jesus taking his disciples to the mountain with him is teaching his disciples. And I really want you to get this. I got a super, super simple teaching today, but it is going to change your life if you will pay attention. Amen? I, I believe that something will get on you today that you will be able to carry in your life that will be a wellspring of life for you in the months and years to come. Amen? So just try to focus, even though you've heard this story before, try to focus and try to get what God is speaking with us today. So, so this, this cycle, see, Jesus was trying to teach his disciples, if you want to live a supernatural life, you're going to have to live different to the carnal life. If you want to live a supernatural life, you're going to have to live different than how natural people live. There are disciplines we are going to have to incorporate into our life that other people don't. Now, if, if, if you're overweight and you're not feeling well and you don't sleep well and you don't have energy and you talk to somebody who is in shape and sleeps well and has energy, they're going to tell you, listen, you're going to have to change your life some. You're going to have to make it part of the discipline of your life to exercise. You're going to have to make it part of the discipline of your life to eat better. You're going to have to make it part of the discipline of your life to not sit around all day. Because if you do that, first time probably is not going to do much but get you sore. First week might get you happy. First month, you might figure out what you're doing. But six months down the road, your life is going to be completely different, right? We, we know this. Not that we're all doing this, but we all know this to be true, right? Like, we know this to be true. Like, we'll sit on the couch and say, man, I sure I shouldn't be able to sit a, a, a plate on my stomach right now, right? Like, there's a problem here. We know how to fix it, right? And Jesus teaching his disciples something, that we have to discipline ourselves to live a supernatural life. When, when you have a child, when you have a child, you begin to discipline your child. And discipline does not always mean correction. It means learn disciplines. Let me give you one that you may not think about all the time, but we all do. Uh, if you don't teach your children to brush their teeth every day, they're going to have some problems, right? They're not going to have problems at three because those teeth are going to fall out. They're not going to have problems at four. Those teeth are going to fall out. But when they're 34, if they've not learned regular care of their teeth, their, pro their teeth are going to fall out and it's going to be a problem. Right? Like you have, to dis you have to teach them the discipline of brushing their teeth in the morning, brushing their teeth at night, seeing the dentist, flossing. Like no kid wants to brush their teeth. Right? They make toothpaste for kids that taste like bubble gum to make them like want to brush their teeth. But no kid wants to sit there and make sure they get all their teeth and floss and use mouthwash and have good dental hygiene. But I guarantee you at 40, you'll look back and say, I sure wish I had done that. Amen. Amen. If you don't do it. Now, as a pastor, I talk to lots of people who see their, their life in crisis. Their, their, their marriage is falling apart, or, or maybe they got caught in some sort of indiscretion at work, or, or, or maybe they've developed some seriously unhealthy habits 
in their lives or possible addictions. And they're like, Pastor, will you pray for me that all this stops? And I say, absolutely. I will absolutely pray for you. But this is not a magic cure-all. You are going to have to live a Christian life for these things to be changed. There are some disciplines that you are going to have to incorporate into your life to make any of this stick. I believed early in my walk that if I laid hands and prayed in tongues loud enough, I could fix any problem in anybody's life, right? Like you lay hands and they fall down. And if they get up and it's not fixed, I will pray. And then you fall down. And I say, you don't get up until it's fixed, right? Like that was what I understood discipleship to be. But then I found out you may actually have to leave the building and start living differently. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to need you to be loud for the people online this morning. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So, so these disciplines, there's disciplines they're going to have to incorporate. And, 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 and these disciplines are not convenient. Like, I don't need a discipline. I don't have to incorporate a discipline in my life to sleep in. Like, I don't have to focus on that. I just don't get out of bed. Right? And then you look at it's 11 o'clock and you wasted half the morning, right? Like, that, that, that doesn't require discipline. But if we want to get where we want to be in life, we're going to have to incorporate some disciplines in our life. So, so just like we got to teach our kids to brush their teeth, we have to teach our kids and ourselves things like prayer, reading your Bible, spending time with God. And this is what Jesus was teaching his disciples. He was teaching them Christian disciplines. Look at this. Luke chapter 9, verse 32. It says, Now Peter and his companions had been overcome with sleep but when they were fully awake, they saw the glory. They were overcome with sleep, but when they were fully awake, they saw the glory. You see, we set, this is, I don't want you to miss this. You encounter God in times set apart for God. Put it up for me, Josh. You encounter God in times set apart for God. Now, God, if you are just so spiritual and you're constantly focusing on God, you may encounter him in your work life. But most of the times that you encounter God are going to be times that you've set apart for God. You come to church on Sunday morning as Christians and you worship whether you want to or not. And you have set apart this time to encounter God. And those of us who came this morning and we set apart Sunday morning to encounter God in worship, you may have encountered God in a way you haven't all week long, because this time was sanctified, meaning set apart, meaning made holy for God. And the thing that you set apart, Bible term, sanctified, when it is set apart for God, God inhabits that thing. And when we set apart time to encounter God, that thing becomes holy. And that is a place where God dwells. That's where God inhabits. We set apart the first 10% of our income, of our increase, our, our tithe. We set it apart and it becomes holy. And as the first of our income becomes holy, the rest becomes blessed. And as we set apart part of our day for God, it becomes holy. It becomes blessed and the rest of our day becomes blessed. But you have to do this on purpose. Can you say amen? amen. You see, you see the, the, the same, these disciples, the same root for a disciple is discipline. And, 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 and a disciple of Jesus is learning to employ these disciplines in their lives. Friday night, first Friday night of every, every month, we have a, a, a prayer meeting. We have an intercession meeting. And uh, for those who set apart that time of the week, God comes and he does something supernatural in, 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 our, in our time Together and this week it was it was it was it was super good. Uh, I had so many testimonies. I people text them to me, and uh, I just want to share one with you. I, I just got so many. It says uh, I asked, "Hey, did you can you share with me what you got?" And this person said, "Yes, it was so anointed. Uh, we we prayed and we worshipped. Uh, I'm going to fast forward here. Uh, presence of God, praise God. Uh, so Sunday night I was praying, and I felt something, and I wanted to get up to walk around, but I couldn't get up." Eventually, I was able to turn over, and I felt that the Lord was washing and anointing my feet. When I was able to get up, I heard him say, I am empowering your steps as the body of Christ and with one mind, the mind of Christ. Check this out. Something that happened the next morning was really cool. I made, this, I made a connection that before that moment where I felt God washing my feet, I had been praying for. I wanted this connection, 
and I wanted to be a true disciple and dwell in his upper room. And then he washed my feet like he did for the disciples, and it was so humbling. So this person, what happened spiritually the night before happened in the natural the very next day. The empowering of our steps and being of one mind, I felt, was for our church and the body of Christ. I wanted my wife to share. She got a prophetic word, which is funny because my wife is a counselor and I'm the prophetic one, but my wife, the last several months, has been getting the prophetic words. And so I love that, number one. She said, I'm not mad about it. But what I want you to get from this is um, the Lord's going to use you to prophesy as well. Come on, share that with us, honey, if you would. Okay, so again, we have Sunday night prayer, first Sunday of the month. Plan to be there December because you want to miss it. Um, I was, um, we were, we had live worship um, and we were just encountering God. And I was laying on the floor right over there. And I, first I saw um, myself like sitting at a picnic with Jesus. I was kneeling and sitting with him. And it was like, um, I felt like he was saying that he, we were creating a place to encounter him, like to be, to commune with him. So we're sitting at a picnic. And um, as I kept, uh, the, the, the vision began to, began to unfold. And I saw myself um, sitting like, uh, like the blanket on the ground for the picnic. I saw myself lay down um, in front of him. And he leaned over me like he was laying hands on me. And I laid there and I, I felt him touching me. And then I saw my body. Uh, and I, th- I felt like it was me. It didn't really look like me, but I felt like it was, it, it was me. I saw me like just being raised up as he's praying for me, laying flat, like coming up like this. And I was going up like towards the heavens. And I was like, Lord, what, what is that? I'm going up. And then, as, then I saw myself sort of going up like this. And, and as I was going up, things were falling off me. Come like on. it looked like clothes. Come on. But, I, you know, like I still had clothes on, but there was like stuff falling off me. Come on. As I was going up, going up, going up. And then I stood up like I... I went like this, and as I was standing upright, I was being sort of like dusted off, like as I put on, I had like glowing clothes on, and he was kind of going like this, like getting all neat and fixing my hair, and like, and I was just wearing this glowing, gleaming white um, gown, and my hair was all fixed, and it was like, he was like, all right, good, you're good, there, good, like I was ready to go out. You had a interpretation of that. And so I, I, I thought it was me, but I felt like, um, and even as, as when, we, when we have this time of prayer together, we pray as the Lord leads us corporately. And I, we pray for the church. We pray for the church. And I felt like it wasn't just me, but that it was the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, and that we were being lifted up as the Lord was ministering to us, that things were coming off of us. Come on. And that when we stood up, we were in a beautiful gown, a beautiful white gown. And, and beautiful to be presented. Made ready for our Lord. Made ready for our Lord. So, Come amen. on. You're like, man, I want to hear God like that. It's in the time set apart to hear God. Here's what I want to provoke in your your heart today. That's waiting for you in the secret place. This is waiting. Like the Lord is waiting for you in your sanctified time for him. Here's what I find funny in this story. We talk a lot about Peter and John, how they were sleepy while the Lord was praying. Right? Like, like, like they were very tired and, um, Jesus is teaching, I believe, that, that most of your mountain time with God is going to be in sleepy time. It's going to be when you want to be doing something else. Your mountain time with God is not going to be in convenient time. It's not going to be in like, well, I don't have anything going on at two today. I guess I'll do God. Right? Your mountain time is in your sleepy time. Like most of the, the late, I don't know why the most anointed times to pray are late at night and early in the morning. Late at night and early in the morning. And the Lord is teaching. Like, like when you have other things to do and you sanctify that for God, he'll, he'll meet you there. Like the disciples of Jesus, like disciples of Jesus don't live for convenience. Disciples of Jesus, we live to be transformed by the living God. This is who we are. We live to encounter God 
and be transformed by Him. You see, we all have the same 1,440 minutes in a day. We all have the same amount. That's how, many, that's how many minutes Jesus had when He walked the earth in a day. That's how many the disciples had. Elon Musk has 1,440 minutes in a day. And he's using his time right now. He's put like 1,800 satellites in space to put internet in places that you can't get internet. That's what he's doing with his 1,400 minutes, right? What are you doing with your 1,400 minutes of the day? How are you allocating those? What are you putting those toward? Are you putting them toward your future? Or are you thinking? Have you been convinced in your mind that the enemy is so powerful that you need to use half of those days recuperating from yesterday like are you sowing into tomorrow or are you just recovering from yesterday like <clears throat> we need to be in that time where God can equip us for tomorrow instead of constantly living catching up to yesterday's emergency did you hear what I'm telling you <clears throat> transformation does not happen by accident holiness does not just accidentally come to you Right? You don't just drift your way into holiness. Holiness is an active thing that we seek. It's intentional. You have to intentionally read your Bible every day. Let me say that again. We need to intentionally read our Bible every day. Second Timothy, Paul said this, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God or woman or child or baby of God may be, watch this, adequate, equipped for every good work. If you feel like you're living this life constantly playing catch-up, maybe you need to be spending more time in the Word of God so you can be equipped for every good work God has called you to. You, we, we, the, God is waiting to unveil in His Scripture His promises, His plans, His, His transforming power in your life. But we have to intentionally sanctify that time to meet with Him. The greatest problem we have in church today, I am convinced, is a lack of discipleship in the Word of God. We have a lack of discipleship in the Word of God. The world is discipling you one advertisement at a time, one Instagram post at a time, one TikTok at a time. You are gradually being drifted toward the world's kingdom and the world's values. You are gradually one advertisement at a time being spoon-fed a world value system that does not reflect the kingdom of God. And we watched it manifest in this last season, depending on who you let spoon feed you. You eat, well, I'm not going to go down that road, but we will just say in the name of Jesus, depending on where you got your values determined how you encountered the last 18 months in American life. Can you say amen? amen. We don't like to talk about this, but we're all being discipled by someone. I am contending we should be being discipled by Jesus. And it looks different than what the media wants to disciple you with. It looks different than what Instagram or TikTok wants to disciple you with. Disciples expect to encounter God and be transformed. This is what disciples do. Disciples expect to meet with the one discipling them. Who do you talk to on the phone? Whose problems do you hear? Who are you being counseled by? That's whose disciple you are. And uh, there's a lot of business people in the room, and I want you to make as much money as you possibly can. I want you to make more money than anybody else. I want you to have more than enough. But if you begin getting your value system from people whose goal is to make money, you are going to be led away from the kingdom of God. You can learn business practices that are good and righteous. You can also learn business practices that will make you very wealthy and lose your soul. You have to choose who you allow to disciple you. Can I get amen? I feel like this is better preaching than you're talking back to me, but this is good stuff, and this is going to change your life if you let it. We, 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 we lack biblical discipleship. We have such a familiarity with God in the church. 
such a, a familiarity with the Bible, such a familiarity with each other that we, we, we lose the power of it. We lose the wonder. We read the Bible. For, you, could have, you could have read this, this, this transfiguration scripture a hundred times and figure, oh, I know what happens here. Jesus starts glowing and, and then that's it. But, 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 but how do you not know that every time Jesus went on the mountain to pray, that happened? And for the first time, the disciples got to a place where Jesus was transfigured. They only knew him according to the natural as he walked to the earth. But once they set some time apart and climbed the mountain with him, then they saw an aspect of God they never saw in their lives. So I, um, as I teach this scripture today, I want to I give you some real practical. We're slowing down here in Luke, and I know I've just been teaching the Bible, but I want to give you some really, really practical steps. So get out your notes app or get out your pen, do whatever. Act like you think I'm going to say something that's worth taking out of this room, all right? Just humor me for a moment. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to set a time aside every day. Wake up early. In, in sleep time, maybe, maybe your life is such that you're not, you're not ready for that, and so you're going to do this at lunch, right? Find a time every day that you're going to read your Bible. Read your Bible, right? Every day, you're going to read your Bible, and here's what you're going to read. You're going to start somewhere, and you're going to read until God talks. You're going to read until God talks. Read slowly. Pay attention to what you're reading. Maybe something that you never saw is going to jump out at you like you never saw before. As I have taught in this series here, I, in Luke, when, when Jesus is transfigured, Jesus doesn't change at all. His clothes change. And that jumped off the page at me one day. I was just reading it, and it leapt off. And I said, wait a minute. His clothes change. What, what does that mean? And I began to study throughout Scripture of what clothing represents by the various writers of the Bible. And I recognized that there was a royalty that, 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 that God the Father was trying to show to the disciples. And, and I went down this whole trail and a whole aspect of the ministry of Christ on the mountain became alive to me because I read the scripture slow enough to pay attention. Does this make sense? You may read the Bible and get stuck on a verse. And you found out, like, okay, I read this part already. And you go to start reading again. Oh, I read this already. You go read at some point, I want you to catch on and say, oh, wait a minute, I've read this verse three times. Maybe God's trying to say something. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not me being distracted. Maybe God is actually involved in my Bible reading. Maybe the Spirit of Christ that inspired these words is here to help me interpret these words. Get the Bible verse. Maybe you need to write it down and say, Lord, what do you have for me in, in this Bible verse? You, you want to pray until you see God. Now, earlier, if you remember... Earlier in the chapter, Jesus asked Peter, who, who do people say that I am? And then he said, who do you say that I am? And we talked about how disciples see Jesus differently than the crowd, right? The whole world has an opinion of Jesus. Disciples see him differently than the world. But, but the, here was this revelation that Peter had that you are the promised Messiah. Now, earlier he, he found out that you are the promised Messiah. Now he's getting the revelation that Jesus, in his mind, track with me here for a minute. He's on the mountain. Now he's like, wait a minute, you're the promised Messiah. Well, well, well that means you're equal to like the prophets and, 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 and Moses. This is, this is crazy. Watch this, verse 933. As these were leaving him, you remember there was Jesus was standing there transfigured. They saw him talking to Elijah and Moses. Verse 33 says, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And Luke writes in there, not realizing what he's saying. And we make fun of Peter for saying that. But imagine your entire life, you grew up in Texas, and then you get the revelation, country music is not good, right? Like, like this is life-changing. This is like against everything you have ever heard in your life. Like everything was based on this being good. And then you find out, whoa, there's somebody equal to Elijah and the prophets. Like, like we make fun of Peter, but this is a really big deal. Like this is blasphemy to the Jews of the day. This is worthy of being killed. Like, like, a prophet equal to Moses, a prophet equal to Elijah. He is the giver of the law and the prophet who interpreted the law. Are you crazy? And Peter is like, Jesus is not just a man and he's not just 
a rabbi. He is the Messiah. And look, he's standing on a mountain with Elijah and Moses. This is, this is, this is how revelation develops. Are you getting here? You don't always get it right the first time. Right? Don't tell the world the first thing you get. Right? Like you might want to chew on it a little bit. You might want to process it a little bit. If you got a Facebook prophet you follow, you might want to let them know, hey, you might want to chew on that one a little bit. That one's a little still fat left on that meat. You might want to, you know, trim that one up a little bit. That, that revelation was almost there. It's not fully cooked yet, right? Like, but here's Peter. At least he brought the revelation to Jesus. He knew where to find Jesus. He said, Jesus, man, you're, 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 you're equal with now, Elijah and Moses. Like Moses was the deliverer and giver of the law. Elijah, the, the, the prophets who gave the commentary on Israel and how they're to live the law. And, 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 and this is, I want you to hear this. This is, this is the mistake that new believers make because of a lack of discipleship in the word. You, you need to see this. Peter had, he had Moses, the law. He had Elijah, the prophets. And he's ready to add Jesus to what he already knew. This is what new believers do. New believers come into the house of God and they get saved and, and they say, oh my gosh, you, th th this freedom, this, this empowerment, this joy, this love, and they're ready to add Jesus to the life they already lived. And as we talk about all the time, the first thing that normally happens is, oh, I have this great opportunity to work on Sundays. God is so great. Now, now look at that. I, I mean, I can't go to church, but now I've added Jesus to my life and my life is going to be so good with a little Jesus in it. And, and, and this, is what, this is what Peter is doing. Peter is ready to add Jesus to what he already knew. But, 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 but Jesus has a different idea. And we have to ask ourselves in the midst of what Peter did here, what does it mean to be a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple? Because being a disciple of Jesus never ends. Being a disciple of Jesus, you don't, you don't graduate from being a disciple. You, you want to always be a disciple. And every time you meet with God in the secret place, there's something new there for you. And you, and you remember when we talked about those three Greek words last week, ereomai, ero, ekelotheo. Remember, remember that? Remember we talked about this last week and I almost said those correctly. I'm so proud of myself. Uh, remember, deny, your, deny yourself, take up. And follow. This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. To be a disciple of Jesus does not mean that Jesus has come to just add to my life. Jesus has come to replace my life with his. Amen. And in every way that's better. Hear me. In every way that's better. Deny myself. Take up his cause. Follow. Jesus said if anybody wants to follow after me, he must pick up his cross daily daily and follow me. Again, we have this familiarity with God like we already know. We, 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 already, we already know. I, I know the prophets. I know the law. Like I already know. I read the Bible. I'm a minister. I, 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 I already know. Familiarity with the Bible. I mean, I have a master's degree. I already know the Bible. No. No, there's more. This familiarity with the, with the word, it, it, it cuts off the revelation. This familiarity with my brother. Familiarity with my sister. It cuts off the grace of God. I, uh, I have, a, I have a, a friend of mine. I don't know if this happened to you, but you make a friend, and the longer you're friends with them, the greater they become in your eyes. Like, I didn't realize who you were when we first started being friends. But the more I talk to you, the greater you are. And, and, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I've maintained these friendships. I, I was uh, praying some things uh, this, this week, as a matter of fact. And uh, I had a friend who, who connected me with some people, and... And uh, I woke up, I guess it was Friday morning, and my friend had been awoken at 4 o'clock in the morning to pray for me. And he sent me a prophetic word at 4.30, and it literally was using phrases I was asking the Lord. I was like, first of all, I was like, I hope his secret place isn't at 4, because I don't want that secret place. Like, I, I like, let that cup pass from me, Lord Jesus. I got enough insomnia. I don't need God-induced insomnia, right? Like, I got... I got anxiety-induced insomnia. I don't need God-induced insomnia on top of it, you know. But, but at the same point, I was so thankful to have this friend, like, who I was overly familiar with early on, but I have come to recognize as a leader in the body of Christ. And, and, and once I recognize who he really is 
and, and I have decided to listen, my life has gotten better. See, God wants your life to be fresh and new. I, I am like, this word is stuck on me here. We, we're talking in our life group. We're like, fresh and new in 2022, man. I'm, I'm fresh and new. I'm ready for fresh and new. How about you? It's in the secret place. It, it, it's with God. It's, it's, with, it's with the glory that is in the people that, that, that you know. For the apostles to be disciples of Jesus, they needed to shut out the other voices, even the ones they were taught their whole lives. And so for Peter, that included Elijah and Moses. That Jesus' voice was more important than even theirs. And if you can imagine a first century Jew having to learn that there was a voice higher than Moses and Elijah, that is taking up your cross. That is laying down your life. That, that, that is being discipled by Christ in a way that costs you something. I knew a man who um, led a, uh, he had a, an online, early in the days of the internet, he had this uh, newsletter. There used to be listservs, but y'all know nothing about that. That's new to you, right? But there were these newsletters that would come out, and uh, he ran it off his own server. And I asked him, you know, like, hey, you know, do... I asked him about how he financed it and, you know, are you raising money for it? And, and th this shook me. I said, you know, can, can I donate toward it? He said, no, this is my sacrifice to Jesus. I was like, I was like yeah, okay, yeah, but can I give some money? He said, it's not a sacrifice if it doesn't cost you something. It's only a sacrifice if it costs you something. That has sat with me for 25 years. Do you want something from Jesus? Because it is going to cost something. What's it cost? Everything. I mean, it's free. But it costs everything. It may cost you a little bit of sleep. It may cost you going to bed early. Like, here's the good news. If the Lord has called you to wake up at 5 to pray, you get to go to bed earlier. That is totally a, poss that's totally a possibility. Right? That is totally an option for you. But it's going to have to become important. See, people... We're, we're <laughs> Peter had to shut off these other voices. And, and so many people I'm talking to these days... They're confused about what they're supposed to be doing with their lives. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing in this season. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know what I'm. And, and, and here's, here's what I want to tell you. Being discipled in the secret place clarifies God's will for our lives. Being discipled in the secret place clarifies God's will for our lives. You may be in a season and be like, I'm not exactly sure. But God is leading me somewhere, and it doesn't look like that. It feels more like this. But I am hearing from God. Watch this, Luke 9, 33. It says, as they were leaving, as, Peter, excuse me, as, um, as Moses and Elijah were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not realizing what he was saying. While he was saying this, a cloud formed and began to overshadow them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Then a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. You see, in what could have been a very confusing season, they got clarity from God in the secret place. You see, he had just called them to do something really crazy. Listen to Jesus over the, 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 the prophets and the law. But God himself brought clarity in the secret place. They got clarity, follow Jesus. And as simple as that is, I'm talking to too many people in this season who do not know how to follow Jesus. They're seeing confusion. Like they're, they're, there's, there's political confusion. There's health confusion. There's, there's, there's racial confusion somehow. There's confusion over things that I think are pretty clear in the scriptures. And I'm like, are you following Jesus? Do you even know where to find him in this season? Have you read his words? Have you read the words in red? Do you know that those actually still apply to us? They got some clarity. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and out of his belly will come rivers of living water. You see, there is a <clears throat> divine flow of God's grace in your life when you spend time in his presence. <clears throat> I want to hear what people are hearing from God. 
I ask people, what are you hearing from God? What is he speaking to you? I send out text messages to the entire church. Hey, church, praying for you. What are you hearing from God? Sadly, either people don't want to text or they're not hearing from God because I generally don't get nearly as many replies to those texts as I want. I want to let you know this week I'm sending that text again. If you don't get it on Wednesday or Thursday, either you need to fill out a connection card or, 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 or contact us to get you in the system. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that either from today or maybe tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, you're going to spend some time with God and you're going to hear something and you're going to text it in. Pastor, this is what I heard God say for my life. may not mean anything for you, but for me, it's life. That's what happened with my friend. We were at a meeting on Friday night. So it was Friday night I got that message. We were at a meeting Friday night and uh, the man who was speaking, he spoke a phrase. It was, it was really kind of funny. He spoke a phrase and my wife and I began cheering loudly. And the room was kind of quiet. I was like, guess that was for us. You know, it was, for me it was amen. For y'all it was oh me, right? Like, I was, I, was, I was like, praise Jesus. And so we said to ourselves, hmm, that's, that was, hmm. But we felt like, man, that 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, I got a prophetic word about that phrase that the Lord was speaking to us. My friend was hearing from God, but he also let us know we were hearing from God. That's what I want for you. I want you to be in church I want you to receive the instruction that's coming from the pulpit. I want you to enter into worship. I want you to serve God as is fitting for every believer in the house of God. I want you to create a place that we can come and meet with Jesus. But all that is good, but it's not going to change your life like spending time on the mountaintop with Jesus. Finding a place. And you may start, you may say, you know what, Pastor, you got me convinced. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to start, you're going to crack open your Bible, and you're like, okay, it's just me here, the Bible in my, in my journal. Yeah, do that. You might get sore the first week. The second week, you may figure out, okay, I know where the weights are. I know what machines to use. By the third week, you're in there ready to give people instructions on how to do sets, right? Like, you're, you're, you're that guy in the gym telling people, you know, if you extend your arm a little bit more. You're going to have a word for people when you weren't expecting it. Because the Lord is going to share it with you in the secret place. You know, I, I um, this divine grace, this flow of divine grace in your life, I, I can't explain it to you. I, I, can't, I can't tell you anything in the natural that tells me this is coming. But I feel something brewing in this house. I'll tell you what, I feel something brewing. I see a mountain in the future with the glory of the Lord that has the voice of God coming from it. I, I, I see it. Do, do, do you see this? Do you want this in your life? Because I see it so clearly. I, 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 I see a, a, like, like Elijah and his assistant. I see a cloud, but it just kind of looks like a hand right now. I, 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 don't, I don't feel the rain yet, but you know, like, like in Florida, people don't understand, like visitors come and they're like, is it going to rain? You're like, no, 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 it's not raining today. And they're like, wait, what? Like, nah, it ain't going to rain today. Like, how do you, like, you just, I, I could, I, I'm Floridian. I know if it's going to rain. I can better go inside. It's going to rain. I don't see clouds. No, no, it's, it's, it's going to rain. Like. We know, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like you, like, you know, like, I just think it dropped one degree. It's going to rain in about 18 minutes, right? Like, time, time to get inside. Right? And you don't even know you have that sense as a Floridian. You don't even know it. You don't understand why other people wouldn't know it, right? Like, you wouldn't, like, why, how, how, why would you be out without an umbrella right now? You're stupid. Like, of course it was going to rain. I saw that cloud over there, you know, 400 miles away. I knew it was going to be in this direction. I'm telling you, in the spirit, it is the same thing. I, it, don't look like, it don't look like rain, but I feel it. I feel it in the spirit. I feel I like, like I, I hear the thunder in the distance. 
right? I feel the little static electricity in the air that you get when you know there's a, a lightning storm nearby, but it's not at you yet. Like you feel it. I, I feel like I, I, I feel it in the distance. And, and when Jesus shows up, I don't want us to be worshiping Moses and Elijah. I want us to be ready to be discipled by the living God. I want somebody to say, yes, I done seen him on the mountain myself. I done seen him in the secret place. Pastor, I hear what you're saying because I was in prayer. I tell you what, I, this ain't in my message, but I want to let you know. I've been through some rough seasons this year and you may have really prayed for me and I thank you if you have, but there are some prophets in this house who say, Pastor, let me tell you what I saw happening. Let me tell you what I saw coming. And I'll be like, that's the word of the Lord because I saw it myself, but in the secret place, my, 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 the Lord don't warn, and he done told some prophets the same thing was coming, and had it not been from the word of the Lord, I do not know that I would still be standing here, and if it were not for the word of the Lord, you probably would have been taken off by the enemy a long time ago. You thought you were the only one going through it, but the word of the Lord came and said, no, no, you are on the right side of history. You are on the right side of my struggle. You are on the right side of what I am doing. We need to have, listen, we need to be in the presence of God and we need to know some people with their ear to the ground listening to what he is saying. <clears throat> I hope you want this voice in your life. Stand with me if you would. I want to finish with this. I want you to consider this. <clears throat> So Jesus took those three men on the mountain with him that day. Jesus took those three men on the mountain that day. It was James, Peter, and John. James and John, of course, were brothers. They were called the sons of thunder. I always like that word. I always like to be a son of thunder. When you want to be, I want to be a son of thunder. The sons of thunder. I don't even know what that means, but it just sounds good. But of these three men... <clears throat> James, not James, the brother of Jesus, but James, the brother of John. He, he was called James the Greater. He was the first apostle. We found to be martyred. We find it in Acts chapter 12. The very, he was the first fruit offering of the martyrs, of the apostles to Jesus. Peter, of course, became bishop of Rome. I want you to think about this. Rome is what took over Israel. Rome is who murdered Jesus. Peter done started church in their backyard and became the bishop of it, right where their headquarters was. John the Beloved had his head on the chest of Jesus at the Last Supper and became the bishop of Ephesus. Listen, I don't know what God has waiting for you in the secret place. Turn up my keyboard if you would. I don't know what God has waiting for you in the secret place. But I want you to make a covenant with God today. That you're going to meet him there. That you're going to make some time and find out. I don't know what you're supposed to be the bishop of. Maybe you're supposed to be the bishop of finances in South Florida. I don't know. Maybe you're supposed to be the bishop of breaking family curses in your history. I don't know. Maybe you're supposed to be the bishop of getting homeless people into jobs and educated. I don't know. Maybe you're supposed to be the bishop of transforming whole neighborhoods that have been historically poor. I don't know. But I do know that the equipping is in the presence of God up on his mountain. And I want to encourage you today, make a covenant with God. I'm going to meet with you on that mountain and I'm going to get my blessing. I'm going to get my appointing. I'm going to get my anointing. Oh, Jesus. Come on, just pray in the Spirit. I feel something happening right now. I feel something happening right now. I don't know what is happening, but the Spirit... Pray in the Spirit if you would. Turn up, the, turn up the keys, please. Pray in the Spirit if you would. Pray in the Spirit. Listen, listen, right now in this holy place, begin to pray over your future. Pray in the Spirit over the call of God in your life. Come on, lift your voice right now. Pray over your children right now in the name of Jesus. Righteous, fulfilling the call of God. Not transformed to this world, but transformed to your kingdom. You're like, I don't have kids. I say, yet in the name of Jesus. Maybe over your spiritual children. Come on, over your neighborhood, over your business. Listen, you're a child of God. That means something. You're a child of God. That means something. 
That means you have to call them up and say, hey, my birthday's coming up. I need you to pay for a party. Come on. You're a child of God. Come on, let's sing it all together. Amen. Yes, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the cloud, keep playing, don't stop, that the cloud of oppression will come off of your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this cloud of oppression comes off your life. to go. I need to honor your time. And they made some really neat stuff out there. But, but keep playing. But but uh, we need to get somebody, somebody needs to get set free right now. There's somebody, I don't know, you get headaches. And it's like a cloud on your head. And part of this comes from the people who've been lying on you. I, I, I know that. The Lord has shown me. And you need to make a covenant in your mind right now that things that aren't true aren't going to matter. Close your eyes. Everybody in here. Close your eyes right now. Say to yourself, the things that aren't true about me don't matter. And I resist every lie of the devil. All right, you ready? Here it comes. Ready? Put 
your hands out and receive this. There it is right there. In, in, the, name, in, the, in the name of Jesus, I declare that you are free in the name. I declare the blood of Jesus that the enemy will flee seven ways from your life. Freedom over your mind right now. In the name of freedom over your life right now in the name of Jesus. Name and now receive the Holy Spirit right now. Yes, in the name of Jesus, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled. God. Come on, be filled. Drink it in. Yes, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled. Be filled. In the name of Jesus. Be filled, be filled in the name of Jesus. something outside. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's tasty and I'm going to eat some of it. Bless you. Have an amazing day. Give it up for the worship team.